Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. If you have your Bible, 2 Kings, I, um, I told my uh, team uh, in, the, in the back today in my office that I'm preaching out of my study Bible today, which is real big, so it looks real spiritual. And so I don't mean to do that to you. I'm not pulling a Jesus juke on you, you know, and bring out my big Bible. This is actually what I study uh, with. If you just want to know, you didn't ask, but I'll tell you, it's a Maxwell study Bible. It's a Maxwell leadership Bible um, uh, with commentary from John Maxwell. And I just, I love it. Uh, I study out of, out of it primarily. Uh, I preach out of the King James. I hold a King James Bible because I grew up real churchy. Anybody, you, you memorize King James English, you know what I mean? And those are the ones I've memorized, so I preach out of that Bible. But anyway, today I want to read you a lot of scriptures, so I thought I'd bring uh, God's Word and read it in the the version that will be on the screen. If you have your Bibles, I'm back. I just decided to lean into it. I'm back in the story of Elisha. I just can't get out of it. And uh, so I'm I'm reading in 2 Kings 5. I I don't know why the Lord put it on my heart this way, but I'm going backwards through the story of Elisha. I'm I'm actually now in chapter 5. Uh, which is backwards from where we've been the last several weeks. And uh, I'm going to read you an interesting story about uh, a man named Naaman. If you have your Bibles, I just feel like it's more spiritual uh, to read out of, you know, a book instead of my phone. Uh, But if you have your phone or a device, slide it open and over there. Um, Second Kings 5, if you have it, say amen. Some of you are waiting on the screen before you say amen. So anyway, it'll be up there. Now, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. This is, it's, I want you to catch all the parts of the story. And he was a, everybody say great man. He was a great man in the sight of his master, highly regarded, because through him, watch this, through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. Let me pause here and tell you, you could be the key to victory in someone else's life. It's why I teach you this way. Uh, I teach our staff and our dream team this, but I'll tell the whole church, I'll I'll teach you one of the principles of our house is that you have an amen in the room. You have an amen in the room. I teach this this reason. When you amen God's word, when when you bring with you response to the word of the Lord... Two things happen. I taught you this last week, but you, you open God's word for yourself, but you also give someone else in the room permission to receive the word of the Lord in their life. This is the biblical principle, that through Naaman, a man God gives victory. The Lord uses him to give victory to Aram, and he was a valiant soldier. Everybody say the next word. Everybody say the next word. If you have your kids here, let them know it's got one T in it, all right? It's different, but... He had leprosy. He's a great man. He's valiant. He's an amazing person. He does well in the sight of his master. He's highly regarded. God uses him, but he has leprosy. Verse number two. Now bands of raiders from Aram. This is he's again. He's the commander of the army, the king of Aram. People who worked for him. Bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive this young girl from Israel. They're fighting against the kingdom of Israel. And she became a slave. She served Naaman's wife. She became a servant in his household. And she said to Naaman's wife, her mistress, If only my master, Naaman, would see the prophet who's in Samaria, uh, who's in Israel, 
he would cure him of his leprosy. Verse 4. So Naaman went to his master, told him what the girl from Israel had said. Now Naaman, again, is the captain of the army of the, of the king's army of Aram. So he goes to the king and says, this is what this little girl from Israel uh, said to me. And the king of Aram says, by all means go, the king of Aram replied, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, and he took with him ten talents of silver. This is difficult for you to follow ten talents of uh, anything, you know, when you think talents. Ten talents of silver is about 750 pounds of silver. That's, that's, a, that's, a, a lot. that's an offering to the Lord. Come on, everybody. Let me pause here and say, if you hit it big or win the lottery or play mega millions, you need to bring silver to the Lord. <laughs> so he brings 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. Now listen, my guy didn't go to Costco and get Kirkland t-shirts. It's Gucci. Are you with me? Not stuff you buy off wish.com that's gucky. It's Gucci. Are you with me? It's a little. <laughs> it's the real stuff. It's Louis Vuitton stuff. It's the real stuff. It's not, it's not Chinatown and New York City stuff that kind of looks like Louis Vuitton. It's, it's the right stuff. Ten sets of clothing. 750 pounds of silver. 150 pounds of gold. And the letter. And the letter that he took, verse 6, the letter that he took to the king of Israel read this. With this letter, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Let me pause here and say, isn't it interesting that they just believed the little girl? Isn't it interesting they didn't have to talk him into it, do a six-week series on faith? They didn't have to ask anybody else, read anybody else, watch somebody on the internet preacher. They just The little girl said, this is what God's going to do. And they said, okay, I'll believe that. A pagan king who didn't serve the Lord just believed God. And it takes you six weeks of a series, three nights of revival, and 20 years of serving God before you believe the Lord. Let me get back here to my Bible. Verse 7, as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and he said, <laughs> "Am I?" so the king of Israel misinterprets here and he goes, am I God? Like, can I kill and bring back to life? Like it doesn't. I, why would this other king send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? I don't have the. I, I don't have the ability to do what he's asking me to do, and so he's trying to probably pick a fight with me. Now the king of Israel misinterprets and thinks, man, the king of Aram is setting me up for uh, this failure that he 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 believes that I'm I can't do what he's asking me to do, and this is a whole setup. Verse number 8, Elisha, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him a message and he said, why why'd you do all that? <laughs> why do why, why, why you think it's about you? Have the man come to me and he will know, listen, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. This is not my message. It is not self-serving, but I've taught you this before. It's why I brought you my pastor on Friday night. Because everybody needs the man of God in their life. Everybody needs a pastor in their life. And Elisha says, he, he needs to know there's somebody who hears from God. So th there's a man of God uh, in, in Israel. Verse number 9. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots. And now the, here's the story. I read, all, I read nine verses to get you here. 
they go to the, they go to Naaman's house and stopped at the door of Elisha's. I'm sorry, Elisha's house. And they stop at the door of Elisha's house. Verse ten, and Elisha doesn't answer the door. They knock at his door, and Elisha sent verse number ten. Elisha sent a messenger out to Naaman and said. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, and your flesh will be restored and cleansed. And Naaman, verse 11, and Naaman, but Naaman goes away angry and said, read the next two words on the screen, Naaman goes away angry and said, I thought, I thought he would surely come out to me. And stand, this is one of my favorite passages. And stand, and this is what people think pastors do. And call on the name of the Lord his God. Watch this. And wave his hand over me. <laughs> is that not funny to you? I think the Bible's so funny. Naaman said, I thought, everybody say, I thought. I thought he'd come out, meet me at least, and wave his hand over the spot. I thought he'd wave his hand over me and and then I thought that would cure, surely he would come out, call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Verse 12, are not Abana and Farpar, the, the rivers in Damascus where he comes from, are they not better than the Jordan River? In other words, the Jordan's dirty. If you've ever go to Israel, the Jordan's disgusting. The little place where all the tourists go that they rebaptize you in the Jordan River. By the way, I'd love to take you to Israel uh, and, and, and we'll see that spot together. That's the cleanest. They do that on purpose. The rest of the Jordan is a muddy mess. And Naaman is thinking, I, we got better rivers where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we got, why, would, why do I have to go to this nasty Jordan and, and dip in the Jordan River? And I, I would rather go back where I come from. They're better than all the waters of Israel. Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. I've never done that. You ever done that? You ever prayed so long and thought God was supposed to do it your way that when he didn't, you'd leave in a rage? None of y'all, but people in other churches have left church because they didn't, because God didn't do it how they thought he should. Because they didn't sing the song they thought he should. Because it didn't sound like they thought, I thought it should go like this. And Naaman leaves in this rage. Y'all wouldn't do that. Verse 13. I told you I got a lot of, I never read this much to you. Naaman's servants went to him. I love this. Catch this. So Naaman has this whole group, his entourage, his posses with him. They went to him and said, my father, a sign of endearment. If the prophet had told you to do, watch this. If the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? In other words, if if it was if it if it sounded a whole lot more spiritual, you probably would have said yes. But, so he tells you this simple thing. How much more than when he tells you just go to the river and wash and you'll be cleansed? Verse fourteen. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. If I'm naming, I can see the light bulb go off to go. Well, the worst that happens is it's dirty. River, and, and I'll take a shower afterwards. He goes down to the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored. 
he became clean like a young boy. His, his skin was healed. Verse 15. Then Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God. Then the man of God stood before him and said, the, the, the man of God was there. Then Naaman said before Elisha, now I know. Everybody say, I know. Now I know. I used to think God was going to do it this way. I thought God would do this, but now I know. Now I know there is no God in all of the world except the God of Israel. Except the God of Israel. You ever, uh, you ever found yourself saying things your parents said? You ever get mad at yourself for saying the stuff your parents said that you said you would never say? You ever hear it come out of your mouth and think, oh my God, that's my daddy. Oh my Lord, I sound just like my mom. There's statements you pick up that you don't know that you've picked up along the way and you end up saying those same things. Uh, again, it happens to me occasionally and uh, last uh, winter, last Christmas season, uh, we were on a break, and uh, we took a trip. When you take a trip, what happens? You take your kids. You guys have been here a while. Vacations where you go without your kids. A trips when you have your kids. We were on a trip, and uh, we took a trip to Colorado, and um, we are the road trip family. Are y'all those kind of people that it's just easier? Nowadays, we have several pilots that attend our church but it's hard to fly these days. It's just hard and, and, and the delays and all that. And so if it's decently drivable, we'll, we'll drive. And so we were driving to Colorado, and, and I um, found myself, I have two kids, uh, saying the things that I said I would never say. Things like, if you don't stop, I'm going to turn this car around. Did you say that? Did you say that to your kids? After I said it long enough, Brandy looks over. She says, stop saying that. You're not going to turn the car around. (laughs) You know why? Because we spent too much money on this trip to turn the car around. I've saved money. We've prepaid for the Airbnb. We're not going to turn the car around. I've researched the area. I planned where we're going to eat. Are you those kind of vacation planners? I found the restaurants I want to try and... We planned our excursions. We knew we were going to the mountains on this day. Listen, I had packed the car. That's enough reason not to get out of the car again, everybody, is that it's all packed up. I had, look, listen to me, I had invested too much in this trip to turn the car around. I had gone so far, we might as well go all the way. I had made the trip to the point that I might as well go all the way. There are thresholds in your journey of faith, that you are going to have to decide, I have come this far, I'm going to keep going to the destination God has for my life. I have come so far, God has been faithful, I will not turn around here. Say amen to that. That's the story of Naaman. Naaman is the captain of this army. He's a great man, highly regarded. Had victories in his life. Listen, God gave him victories. You you read that. God was with him and gave the army of Iran victories even though they didn't know who God was. Let me pause here and tell you that Naaman and the, the king of Aram didn't know God, but God knew him. 
They didn't know the God of Israel, but the God of Israel knew them. There has never been a time in your life, I don't care how far from God you were, that God didn't know you, have a plan for you, have purpose in your life, have his hand on your life. The Bible says it like this, that there's a book in heaven, and every day of your life is written in his book before one of them came to be. In other words... There's times when I don't know the Lord, but God knows where I am. And maybe you're in church today feeling like I've walked away. I'm disconnected. But God is still ready to move in your life. God is ready to move. And Naaman doesn't know God, but God knows Naaman. And God gives him victory, this great man, highly regarded, victorious, God's hands on him. But, this is a big but, by the way, but he was a leper. But he was a leper. Two things can be true about you at the very same time. Maybe you're here today and two things are true about you. You can be blessed and still be broken. You can be blessed. I will. Stick around. You can be blessed and still be broken. There's a a religious spirit that I'm fighting against. Actually, I think it's a, a spirit I'm fighting actively right now against the spirit that says, I have to be perfect. I have to have it all together. Everything's just right. Nobody knows my secrets. Nobody knows what's going on. Everything's okay in my life because you think it's an either or. And sometimes it's not either or. You can be a mighty man with the hand of God on you and still have leprosy. Say amen to that. You can, you, you, you can, you can have victory in some areas of your life and still have leprosy. This is Naaman's story. The Bible said all of this is true, but he was a leper. I told you this last week, you're only as sick as your secrets. At some point, you're going to have to acknowledge I'm both, I can, you can be saved and still struggling. Say amen to that. I grew up believing God was an either or kind of God. You either are saved or you're struggling. You either are blessed by God, the hand of God's on you, you got favor, or you're broken and you're a mess. But I've pastored long enough, been in ministry long enough, and lived long enough for the Lord to realize two things can be true. There's sometimes I'm saved and I still struggle in this area. There's sometimes that I can still have, have the hand of God on my life and our marriage needs help. There, did I catch you right there? There are still times when I struggle with sin and it, and it doesn't mean you aren't still saved but you have to be honest, there's still leprosy in my life. I could put on a front to you for week after week, month after month, year after year, and God can't heal what you won't reveal. God can't do it. So Naaman's this leper. You can be happy and still hurting, and leprosy is this incurable disease, and it separated you not just from, it separated you from people, from other people. He could not get close to his family. He couldn't get close to really anybody All of his great qualities could not cure him of leprosy. All of his victories couldn't. All of his success couldn't. All of his acclaim couldn't. All of his pedigree couldn't. All of his money couldn't. And in this place of hopelessness, this servant girl from Israel speaks up and says, if you can just get to the prophet of God, there 
is hope. Let me pause here to tell you, I don't care how hopeless your situation is, you're in a place today that there is always hope for you. There's hope for you. There's hope for your situation. You are not, just because it's true that you're victorious and still leprous, does not mean you are hopeless. Your marriage isn't hopeless. This problem and this addiction you have isn't hopeless. Your children, it's not hopeless in their life. Your finances isn't hopeless. Who told you that you don't have hope? Just because you have leprosy doesn't mean God isn't sending someone, maybe even me, to tell you the Lord can give you back everything you've lost. You can be restored. You can be healed. God can move in your life. It isn't over yet. It is not over yet. If you're still breathing, there's still hope. Get your hopes up today. There's hope in the room today. This little girl comes to him and said, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. And I, I, I already told you, but I think it's so interesting that Naaman just believes her. He doesn't question it. You could talk yourself out of what God's trying to give you. Where's all my overthinkers at? You can't even raise your hands. You're overthinking it. Well, I don't know. I could raise my hand, but then he may call on me. What if I have to stand up? I don't know. And then by the time your hand goes up, everybody else's hand goes down. All you're overanalyzing. This is me, by the way. I'm not talking about you. I'm preaching to me right now. Can't make a decision. Walk down the cereal aisle thinking, well, it could be Fruit Loops this week, but if I buy Fruit Loops this week, then I really there's too much sugar, and I got the sugar problem anyway, and the problem need to do this. And I just, and and then I analyze, and then I promise to God, I'll walk out of the H E B without cereal at all. A cereal's funny to laugh about, but listen, there's some other stuff God wants to give you in your life. You'll analyze it so much, you'll miss out on the presence of God. You'll miss out on the miracle of God. And sometimes it really is as simple as, if God said it, I believe it, that's it. The little girl said, if you'll get to Israel and the prophet in Israel, God will heal you and cleanse you. There's something to be said for simple obedience. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. There's some stuff God wants to give you. I feel what I'm preaching right now. There's some stuff God wants to give you. You can't keep analyzing, ruminating, thinking about, working it over, looking at the budget. Can we do? Some stuff you're just going to have to go. All right. God's man said it. I believe it. God give it to me. God can heal. God can deliver. God can fix my finances. God can come through. I believe what he said. Some, you're just going to have to pack your bags up and go, we're on a trip to Israel because the little girl said God could heal me there. And so she does. She says, this is it. And Elisha, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm going, I just read it to you. I can't teach it all to you. Elisha goes there and sends out his servant, and he gives them this simple instruction. Elisha don't even know the man. Never met him. Elisha actually hears it's the king who's in distress and tearing his robe and thinks this is all wild and, 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 and I can't believe this and the king set me up for a war and this is crazy and, and, and he starts getting all worked up and Elisha goes, man, whoa, 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 just send him to my house. Just send him to my house. And, and so Naaman goes to his house and he knocks on the door and the, you, you saw this, the servant goes out 
And he gives them a very simple instruction. It's amazing to me how simple the instruction is. Watch this. We don't see lepers anymore, so it's difficult for you to understand in your mind how serious this is. This is stage four terminal illness. This is you will not live. And not only will you will not live long, you'll be separated from humans. You'll end up in a leper colony. It's a terrible thing. And Elisha does not give him difficult instructions. He says, simple, go to the Jordan River, dip seven times, you'll be healed. Simple. If I'm, a li- if I'm naming, here's what I think I would do. I think I would say, that's it? This is awesome. I don't have to live with all of that anymore. I don't have to live with this shame anymore. I don't have to live with this guilt anymore. I don't have to live with this illness anymore. If I was naming, I'd say, show me the way to the river. I'd be starting taking clothes off. Get me down to my draws and get me in the river. Draws, if y'all don't know what those are. Ask your wife, because <laughs> you leave your draws all over the place. She knows what they are. If I was naming, man, I'd just say, just show me the river. Show me where to get in. If it, if it would save me from this. But watch, verse 11. I, I, won't, I won't put it on the screen. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought. Everybody say, I thought. I thought he'd come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the spot. Still gets me. People have such interesting preconceived ideas about how God should move. I thought God would have healed me by now. I thought God was going to fix my marriage and here I am divorced. I thought God was going to answer my prayer at revival. I thought God was going to send lightning bolts from heaven. I thought God was going to strike that person dead that did me so wrong. I thought God was going to do it this way. I thought God was going to show up in a dream at night. I even ate Taco Bell really late thinking that would spur a dream. <laughs> I was sick a couple of weeks ago and I was hitting the NyQuil a little. Are you with me, everybody? I mean, I needed to sleep and, and, and I had horrific nightmares. And I was telling somebody about it. And they said, every time I drink NyQuil or take NyQuil for a sickness, I, I have these horrific dreams. Here I was, I'd wake up at, in the morning, I'd tell Brandy, I think God's trying to tell me something. It was the NyQuil, everybody. <laughs> God tried to tell me nothing. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought my life would go this way. I thought God would answer like that. I thought we would be further along in our marriage. I thought by now I would have been healed of this. I thought, I thought, I, I thought God was going to show up supernaturally. I thought, I thought I'd be further along in my career. I thought it'd go easier. I thought this pregnancy would be easier. I thought this season would be, I thought when we got married, it would be easier than this. I thought when I finished college, I'd have a plan. I thought this, this place where we moved would, would be welcoming. I thought, I just thought God was going to move like this. Sometimes in your life, you'll build a whole scenario about how you think God should do, and it will rob you of the miracle God wants to do because it comes differently than you think God would do it. Are you there? Say amen. Sometimes we put God in such a box that we think if God doesn't move this way, this is how you're going to work. 
This is how the miracle is going to come. That God, this is my love language. Are y'all with me? Anybody read five love languages? You read that? You, you should. If you're married, you ought to read that. Your, your spouse has a certain love language. As a matter of fact, this last week, uh, one of our guests came to me and said, your wife has her love language is gift giving. I said, you're absolutely right, and I'm terrible at gift giving. But it's how she receives and gives love. It's one of her love languages. And some of you think, well, God, this is how I receive love. I wish you would do it this way. God, this is, how I, this is how I respond. God, you know me. It would be better if you would do it like this. You just know this is how I think you ought to do it. God, you know me. I'm hard-headed. Not y'all, but your spouse probably. God, you know I thought it would come like this. And sometimes when it doesn't happen like you think it will, you will miss the miracle. Don't, here's the way I want to tell you. Don't let how you think about your miracle determine how much of your miracle you get from God. Are you there? Don't let what you think stop you from what God wants to do in your life. Don't overthink the miracle of God. He had God in this box. This is my thing. This is how it's going to happen. And he almost missed. Just because the package is different, don't miss the miracle on the inside. Just because it comes like you don't think it should come. Just because it's simple. Just be- No, God, I like it this way. God, at least let me go to the river. I know. God, just I thought the guy was going to wave his hand. God, just do it like this. And God does it totally different. But when God, if you'll do it God's way, you get God's result. If you'll do it God's way, you'll get God's results. Don't overanalyze this. You don't have to think about this as much as you have to obey some stuff in your life. Verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, watch this. If the prophet had told you to do some great thing, you'd have done it. But he tells you to do this simple thing, and you won't. I'm always intrigued at Christians who are open to doing great things. God send me to sub-Saharan Africa where I can give medical care to orphans. God, I'll do it. Send me anywhere. Okay. I'd like you to invite your neighbor to church. God, don't send me there. God, I'll do anything. Take my whole life. I don't want your whole life. I want 10% of your income. God, I can't do that. (laughs) I'm amazed that you're open to big things and not obedient in small things. Let me give you a little inside baseball to faith. God will give you big things if you'll be faithful in small things. God will... The size of your miracle is in direct proportionate to the size of your last obedience. People come to me every January, not y'all, but other Christians, come to me every January and said, what's your word for the year? Tell me your word for the year. What word did you get this year? I almost always look at them and go, <laughs> nothing. You, get, you mean you get a new one every year? You mean God talks to you every January? By the way, I think it's funny God uses our calendar. You mean every January? Not like March or July or it's always in January? God tells you a brand new word. Sometimes you're asking for a new word from God. You haven't obeyed the last four you got. And you think God's going to give you a new one? No, 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 no. You can't get great things if you won't be faithful in small things. You got to be open. Most miracles. I want to teach it to you like this on this last on baptism Sunday. Come play because I'm almost done. It's quick today. I'm a little revival fatigued. It's quick today. And listen, I got to get you in the water because some of you are going to say yes to Jesus today. 
I'm going to teach you about baptism in just a moment. Hang on. Let me teach it to you like this. Miracle. Most miracles are just simple acts of obedience. Write that in your notes. Most of the miracles you will see in your life are just simple acts of obedience. Are there times God does miraculous things? You bet there are. Matter of fact, I believe Friday night God did some of that. I'm expecting an email. This I'm expecting God to, I'm expecting you to write and go, I had this pain and God healed it, took it away. Doctor said this and God changed it and I went back and got another scan and this is the story. Matter of fact, I already heard one of them. One of our dream team, Todd Evelsizer, terminal diagnosis, stage three cancer. Horrific. That, that, we it couldn't be in the hospital, couldn't be in service. His wife shows up, prays on his behalf. They watch online. He had the best day he had had in two weeks because of that. The, the healing already began. Slept all night. Numbers, numbers stabilized every, instantaneously. I believe that could happen. But most miracles are just simple acts of obedience. Just when God says go wash, you go wash. By the way, that's what water baptism is. The miracle of the new birth is that you just say yes to Jesus. It's that you don't have to have a miracle that's big and flashy in the way you think it should be. You just do what God tells you to do. We'll give you some reasons why you need the miracle of a new birth in your life today. We'll give you the reason why you ought, you ought to say yes to Jesus today and have your sins washed away. Write this in your notes if you're taking notes. Number one, baptism means I'm dead to my old life and resurrected to a new life. I'm just getting, just like Elisha tells Naaman, it's very simple. Go to the Jordan, dip seven times, you'll be cleansed. Water baptism, it means I'm dead to the old life and raised to new life. Baptism tells the world, I am not where I want to be, but I am not where I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. The gospel is not that God makes bad people good. The gospel is that God makes dead people alive. The gospel is more than just I'm not going to hell anymore. The gospel is I was dead in my sins and now God has raised me to brand new life. Romans 6 and 4. We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. We may too have new life. You are not just bad and need to get better. You are dead and need to come alive. Need to come alive. Would you let me be your Elisha and tell you today? You need to come alive again. You need to find new life again. Baptism, it means I'm not dead anymore. I'm resurrected to new life. Here's the second reason. Baptism means I'm cleansed from all of my sins, not because of my good works, but because of the name of Jesus. Everybody shout Jesus. It's Jesus' name that raises me. There is not power in the water. It's not magic water. It's not holy water. It's hard water. We got it from the tap. There is nothing special about water and baptism. There is everything powerful about the name of Jesus and water baptism. That in Christ I am buried and raised to new life. I am cleansed of my sins. Galatians 3.27 All who've been baptized into Christ have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. 
You get new identity in Christ. You are cleansed from your past mistakes. You don't carry around the guilt of your life. You don't carry around, well, I was an alcoholic. No, I buried that alcoholic. I put him down in a watery grave and I raised up brand new. I'm not who I was. Well, I used to have anger problems. No, I buried that angry fella and I got out of the water full of joy. Why I don't buy into once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Not true. Dead alcoholics aren't still alcoholics. Raised to new life. Are you with me, everybody? You'll cleanse all the sins. Not because of the water. Not because of this church. Not because of this preacher. You don't join anything except Jesus when you get water baptized. You don't join the church. You join Jesus. You put on Christ like putting on new clothes. And when God the Father sees your life, He sees you through the lens of the new clothes you wear in Jesus. The Bible says it like this. We wear the righteousness. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are not so holy God will accept you. You wear, you borrow the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Where do you think you borrow that righteousness and put it on? In baptism put it on. You're cleansed from all your sins because of Jesus' name. Baptism means you can rise up again. Listen to me. Listen to me. Naaman, listen to me. You don't have to always be the leper you are. You don't have to always be the thing that you've been identified as. You're the leper. You're naming the leper. Oh, you're naming the victor, but, but you got lepers. You're naming the mighty warrior, but you got lepers. Not when you're cleansed. Not if you'll go to the water. Not if you'll get in the Jordan. Oh no, that'd change up. That'd change your whole life. And you can rise up. You don't have to stay in your mess. You can be born again. We are therefore buried with him in baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we may too have new life. Name it. Go wash and be cleansed. Naaman, go wash and be cleansed. Naaman, it, it sounds crazy that a pool of water in front of a bunch of people cleanses you of your sins. You don't have to think about it. You have to obey it. Well, I thought it would be, I thought I'd get baptized this way. I thought it was going to be like that. I don't like all these people around I don't, I thought it would be, I thought I should bring my own clothes. We got all the clothes you need. I'm talking about everything, underwear. I don't know why we have underwear, but we have it. Clean, fresh, new. Nobody's ever worn them. <laughs> Shorts, t-shirts, flip-flops, hairnets. Not hairnets, shower caps. Hairnets wouldn't work in the water. <laughs> you just got your hair did, keep it did. Deodorant, ear swabs, air dryers, combs. Why? Because I don't want anything to stop you from your cleansing, from the miracle of God in your life. Stand up all over the house. Bow your heads. Are there namens in the room? Are there namens in the room? Come on, bow your head and ask the Lord, is it me? Are there namens in the room? Is it me? Are there Naamans that need their sins washed away, cleansed? I used to be a leper. Not anymore. I need the, the presence of God. The, the, the name of the Lord is 
is able of cleansing me. I need a new life. I need to raise again. I need to bury that sin, that stuff. Oh, I was a mighty warrior, but I had leprosy. I got stuff in me and on me that I need washed. And in Jesus' name, I need a new life. Ask the Holy Spirit now, is it me? Don't ask, is it my spouse? Don't ask who else in the building it is. Ask God, is it me? And if it's you, name it. Go wash. Go to the river. You'll be cleansed there. You'll get a miracle there. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to overthink about it. You just have to obey. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'd walk these aisles, touch every chair, tap a shoulder today. Right now, Holy Spirit, do what I cannot do. I preach the gospel. I pray you'll you'll, you'll speak to somebody's heart. Give them full confidence that God is going to answer and move in their life. And they will be cleansed and made brand new in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.